0: Welcome to The Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm Roger Woodall, founder of the Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. With all events in 2020 grinding to a halt, I'll be bringing people back together, but in a different way. On this week's episode, I'm talking to CEO and founder of Killing Kittens, Emma Sale. Dubbed the poshest swinger in town by the Daily Mail, she's been throwing private members' parties since 2005, creating the world's most exclusive and hedonistic sex parties focused on female pleasure. This was certainly an eye-opener for me. If you're liking our podcast, hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified every Wednesday with more fascinating stories like this. Here she is, the one and only Emma Sale. Hey Em, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me
0: on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Tell me how you got into the events industry and where the idea from killing kittens come from.
1: Um, sorry, I've been I've been I've been organizing since I could walk, basically. As mum would say <laughs> it was like I literally would just sit you do parties with dolls and teddies and line them all up in military precision. And mum was an events organizer, um, dad was army, so everything was sort of very kind of yeah, military organized. Um and it was just always and at school i was always organizing everything um and at university all the big balls and stuff the sports balls um so you're kind of organizing events and with friends i was always the one I'm always the one that organizes everything <laughs> um so i think you just you've just got it in your blood um that you do it um but with killing kittens i was doing pr actually before um an entertainment pr and um Um, for like different venues and clubs and I was doing it for the erotica helping with the erotica show the big sort of sex what year what
0: year are we talking here Em
1: this is back in 2003 okay and what university were you at well I was at Birmingham University I did sports science which has nothing to do with events (laughs) Um, but I was sort of the social coordinator for the athletic union so I just organized all those events Um, so kind of I had all all that and then I came out and went into financial um, investor relations and financial PR. And um didn't like, find found it really boring, because I just got, my brain goes off in completely weird and wonderful <laughs> tangents and so I wasn't Love it. that creative. And uh, I think the anger for me that always burned was this, well, why can't girls do what boys are doing? And why is this a double standard? Um, and being at an all girls boarding school for 10 years, I kind of didn't notice it that much at home. But then I grew up in the Middle East, so I noticed a real difference and thought. Sort it of, well at school you know we were taught we could be a get out there and be whatever we wanted to be and go out and rule the world and it didn't matter um you know the whole boy girl thing but then you come out in the real world and I went to the city and had some um shitty experiences um with guys that were with me and i just thought this doesn't end up making a few complaints and it kind of the anger is there yeah. it was always burning i say and then got involved well, what to sort of
0: what sort of complaints then
1: just, it was this, it was one boss um in one place who, he just, it was constant comments that we wanted, we need to win this. It wasn't like the full on, it was the subtle stuff that yeah. actually a lot of girls don't realise happen. Of, we want to win this pitch, so I want yeah, can you get, a, I need your legs out because we need to win this pitch. Yeah. And it was just constant, constant. He moved me away from the teams that I was sat right next to him and it was yeah it was just sort of constant there and I lived with five guys rugby guys at university um you know I've been surrounded by military men I kind of I can take the banter
0: yeah
1: more than most um, girls can so I just didn't feel comfortable and it it this fire was that had already been stoked from growing up and seeing yeah seeing how women were treated um was sort of it just kept being flamed and then I ended up helping with a PR for the erotica show which threw me into the adult world the sex industry um and the whole weird and wonderful and amazing humans in that but one thing that stood out to me um was again it was all being run by men for men um but it's all claiming to be for women so all the sex toys brands all the lingerie brands you know were run by men and the designers might be men and they wow. you know every everyone wow. but claiming they knew what women wanted and yeah um and again that annoyed me and the porn industry all run by men and it was sort of and then it got me looking more into the into the sex world and everyone's sex lives and i was also early 20s and out and about and single and that whole kind of why why can guys have one night stands and do whatever they want to do and girls are slut shamed and that kind of vibe so um that's why i launched killing kittens um which was basically I wanted to provide flip it all on its head and provide this sort of safe space and community um and event side but also an online sort of forum side for women to explore their sexuality and feel in control and safe and not judged and it was all about them and what they wanted it wasn't sort of being in a man's world of wanting to please a man and that judgment side of things so um yeah so that's kind of I was in Ibiza when I came up with it and had to <laughs> for three days and went right. Always
0: good ideas come out in it's Ibiza, is not it?
1: Exactly. And the crazy name came out. Yeah. So um and yeah, 15 years on, the joke's still going. Um and it Where did the name out, come
0: from? Killing Kittens?
1: So the the name, there's a cyber expression that every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten. Yeah. So if you're killing kittens, then you're just, you know, wanking. Yeah. And um, so I just was like, <laughs> right, that's the name. Um <laughs> As you do, um, and I like the two. I like KK. K is a very powerful letter, yeah. and so from day one, it's been KK. Um, and you're a member of the KK world and the KK community, and you go into a KK party. Um, so kind of what started as a monthly event with fifty people, where we don't let single men in. Every man has to be accompanied by a girl. So take that else.
0: back. Take that back a bit. So your first event, what was the business yeah. model?
1: So the first event was a, a just very simple, um, and we took over a. a club but kind of a clubby bar in Covent garden that we still use now for one of the concepts we do um and it's what's that masked. called i can't say okay
0: <laughs> can't
1: reveal our <laughs> venue <laughs> we don't yeah we send them out like 24 hours before the event is that before. right yeah oh wow so yeah we did it in there we want all the events we do in masks um because right from day one it was sort of if people put masks on then they can feel more comfortable and they're sort of hiding behind something so it just sort of um, that bit of mystery and intrigue yeah. um so the masks and then and then basically what happens it's like a private party private members only um and then you've got back areas and kind of play rooms where where sex does happen and you might walk into one and there might be one a couple in one room or you might walk into another and there's like 50 people or we get you know we get big groups of single girls now girls come along because that's it's all about, you know, the girls exploring and fellas have to be with a girl. Is that right? So then? girls can come, girls can buy, we get a lot of single girls buying tickets. And in order to come, you have to be a member of the site. So the the um our big online mothership, as we call it. You have to be a vetted member on there, and then you have to be a member of the kittens association within that, which is girls only, in order to come to the the full-on killing kittens parties. And when you're a member of the kittens association, you can then buy a couples ticket. Um, and bring your partner or you can bring another girlfriend.
0: And how does that actually work? You walk in there and it's like a private member's bar. You go in there and just drink. How do you, how do you give it? sort of... If you've got a mask on. If you give it the wink or do you... How does it work?
1: Well, they're the little... Mar- Most people wear the little eye masks and actually after about an hour, they end up on top of their head. Um, and you just... People just get chatting. It's like being out in a bar and how do you normally chat up people? And yeah, um, yeah. and then they'll just sort of... some You'll get people kind of slope off or just a couple you know just go off by themselves or girls go off by themselves or you get couples that kind of it's that classic kind of threesome type scenario um and then you get a lot of you know a lot of women within couples are bi curious or bisexual so yeah that's what yeah that's a big part of it as well
0: fantastic and how much is it a ticket for a couple
1: um they range between 100 and 300 pounds depending on the venues and what yeah what the event is
0: and and for example that first venue you said you had 50 people there how many how many events do you put on a year? And where uh, are they? Are they just in London so then, or are they around Europe? No, or they no, Europe? they're all around
1: the world. So we can have up to 20 events a month now um, because actually we have – so we do them regularly in New York. We do them regularly in Sydney. Well, this is like pre-COVID. Um, although we're still doing – we've been doing them all online, a lot of online events um, in the last year. So we do them and then we do kind of pop-ups. We do Venice, like Venice Carnival and Venice Halloween um and we do we've done Paris and Berlin and loads of Amsterdam. So we do the pop-ups like that. And then also we do Manchester regularly every month over in Ireland, um, up in Scotland, and then we take over some big country houses. So we do, you know, probably three or four big kind of country mansion type ones, and we do weekend retreats, um, which is sort of more of a full-on just whole weekend with lots of workshops and things. And then to be honest, over half our events now are the education side of it, yeah. which um Which might, you know, workshops and webinars and masterclasses from everything from confidence or the art of seduction, the art of approaching, we do men's only ones, um, all the way through to kind of tantric massage and like pegging and squirting workshops. Hold on a minute, Um,
0: hold on a minute. Pegging and squirting workshops. What's that?
1: Pegging is not what I thought originally, like two years ago, when I said, how can we do a workshop involving clothes pegs and and people, you know, that's what I thought it was. But no, I got shut down in the office very fast. (laughs) It is, um, no, pegging is, the, is where when uh, when the girl or a guy wears a strap on, wears a strap <laughs> yeah. on and takes the guy. So you're then pegging the guy. So that's, so the workshops um, we do on that are kind of the way to do it. You can't just, you know what I mean? You can't just launch in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's pegging. Squirting is like the, it's the myth, well, not the myth. They're kind of the whole, some people think it exists, some people don't, the whole being able to, a girl to squirt yeah. when they come. Yeah. Like, does it happen? Does it not? Is it pee? Is it something yeah. else? It's sort of, how do you do it? it yeah, there's a whole <laughs> kind of, you know, method <laughs> behind <laughs> it
0: all. <laughs> Quality. So, so your first gig, your first event, it was what year? Um,
1: 2005.
0: So two years after you finished uni, you decided, I'm going to set up Killing Kittens and I'm going to really go for it. What made it, when did it really, when did you really break the back of the business model to say, you know what, I'm really onto something here?
1: Um, do you know what it was? I'm not a detail person. I hate detail. I do meetings that are about 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I kind of zone out. And I am, um, I it, to me it was a bigger. I always had this vision and this bigger picture in my brain about this whole being big kittens world and a brand and it stood for something. And people would see the two Ks. And when I first had the logo done, um, I wanted the two Ks because I joked with the designer. So because one way I want to be, one day I want to be wearing my own clothing and lingerie yeah. with the KK label, clothes label yeah. in it. Um, so it was that I always had in my head so it wasn't because it was like a monthly event and I didn't need on the business side of things it, I didn't go in with loads of money startup yeah. it ran itself yeah. I had some PR clients on the side to kind of help pay um the rent the thing I had in my and I'm, I I love my history and I was like so like Stalin's five-year plan so I had this five years in my head of where I wanted it to be in five years and if it wasn't there then I'd just give it up and yeah. go back working into PR so everything was for in five years I wanted it to be more than just one event a month I wanted to be out of London yeah. and I wanted the online community to be the database side of things that to be kind of on par with the event so that so when I went to, got to five years and that's what you know and I, and I hit it and then I had the next five years um, of going international of of the whole tech side of it. So last year was the end of the third five years (laughs) of raising the money and it being a tech business, considered a tech business. And now, you know, the next one now is like, we are going big on creating the world's biggest, like adult social network side of things. And the chat app we launched under the last year. So in my head, it's always been this five-year visualization without really getting stuck into the nitty-gritty. So in
0: 2005 to 2010, say, Tell me how the business grew because, and how did you promote the business? Because there was no social media really till about 2008. Um, how did you promote to people?
1: So because my background was PR, that's the way my brain worked. It was, I think the thing that I that made me realize that actually I was onto something is because having come from PR, where you have to, you know, you write the press releases, you try, try and get a hold of journalists and they don't want to talk to you because you're just a little pr and trying to sell and it's real slog to get mentioned within like the, i did the first party and had um had incoming phone calls from like the sunday Times star magazine and cosmo magazine you know with big journalists that i knew the names of who i'd always gone well you're never going to speak to them you need the you know the G-more junior journalists to get hold of them and these were editors um and wanting to do features and Writing two, three page features on it, and there was it was at a time when Sex in the City was out, when Anne Summers was hitting the high streets, when Lalo sex toys were going into Selfridges. There was this big sort of buzz of this female sexual revolution going on, so it kind of launched. I was launching it launched at the same time, and just the having the incoming calls from media made me realize that actually I was onto something, that something was happening and this something was needed. Yeah. Um just and um, so actually to be honest, it kind of you get one, you get a two page feature in the Sunday Times Star magazine, you'd suddenly get a thousand new members. Yeah. The Daily Mail, we've always joked that of our love hate relationship with the mail. Um so <laughs> they did, you know, they they ran, they out they were the first to out me with a headline poshest Swinger in town. Um so <laughs> yeah that was that was a classic (laughs) um so so yeah so to get it was it was very much it was word of mouth it was you know I worked in an entertainment world and I hung out with a certain group of people who were quite well known for being a bit loose um and they and big quite powerful females in it sexually and it kind of it was sort of just that word of mouth type thing and the parties only to start with the first year had you know never got beyond 100 people maximum so it was quite a straightforward thing to do every month um and meanwhile the main thing to me I always had a basic site that captured people's emails and names to grow this community this database and grow the kind of basic chat rooms that were going on so that the online side always had a lot more people involved than this and then and then it was a kind of Moved to a bigger venue, um, which is where we suddenly were getting, you know, doing one party a month of like three, four hundred people up to five hundred people sometimes. But and they're all paying kind of, what
0: hundred quid a couple?
1: Um, yeah, and it kind of um, it was it was too big as in there were too, that was too many people. Yeah. Um, and what I then did was sort of cut the people down, but do more than one a month, yeah. and then and do different options, and we launched KK Cabaret. So. Do it at proud cabaret in the city um and doing all the dinner and the shows and oh, then you wow. have the a bit so to me it was always the uh, creating an experience and and right from day one it was sort of never really focused on the sex side it was more setting the scene and and then to me the sex was a byproduct
0: yeah.
1: of it and that was part of it for me for, that actually realizing that to women it's uh it's not the actual shagging bit is why yeah. brightly lit porn is never going to do it for us it's the touch the feel the smell it's like our biggest sex organs our brain so t- you know what i mean it's we're complicated creatures yeah. and so <laughs> me it was like setting that scene and getting all that right and the experience right and making women feel comfortable um you know if they then want to have sex and get naked then yeah. so be it
0: what are the rules at an event
1: um the main rules um at the event which we which also now you know we have across all the online side of it as well is that men can't men can't approach women they don't know they have to wait for the women to do the approaching oh. so that's the, the women make the first move so like the online side there's a big dating side to it so it's a bit bumble-esque um the yeah. same kind of yeah women make the first move
0: yeah
1: on that um on that bit and of that's it. the and that's only that's really.
0: the only rule really so women have got to make well, the that, and no
1: we don't know any phone. we don't have fire we're not allowed yeah we ban all phones and cameras and things so
0: and you say banned you take them off them as they come in
1: No, they have to go in pockets, and we have security going around, and we have what we call community kittens that um, wander around, and our event staff. So everyone's pretty. It's quite self-policing because people kind of are very quick to spot anyone that does have a phone.
0: Yeah. Have you got any Um, uh, Have you got any funny stories that happen at any events?
1: You know, there's always funny stories i'm just trying has to has anyone
0: been gone in there and gone oh my god i've just seen someone from work or oh my god my oh, i've just seen my mum or my dad or i've seen my brother or like no, we
1: it- had some we hadn't we had someone see their niece a guy was like i've just got to go he was like <laughs> so sort of late 40s and has spotted his like 21 year old niece at the bar, so. <laughs> um there's all you know, people are always seeing people from work or bosses and and actually it's funny because they just they just have a laugh because when, it, when you change the norm and that suddenly becomes the norm and every, actually I, everyone's really relaxed and it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't, it kind of, it's like more of it with like a secret club. Yeah, a secret yeah, A yeah. handshake. So they're then at work and kind of, yeah, when you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's the best way. And what time does it start? What time does it finish?
1: um They tend to start around nine o'clock um, and finish around three.
0: And what sort, is it, is it mainly your London ones? They're mainly in nice country houses and or not country houses, but nice places in mayfair and in nice parts of london um,
1: a complete mix so we have the mansion house um one which is yeah a big mansion house in the middle of um like mayfair right and then we have our hedonism one which is called sort of the wet and wild one which is in a kind of big sauna bar place with a big sort of jacuzzi steam rooms clubby bar atmosphere and then we have the cabaret uh, so there are monthly ones. You have the KK Cabaret one. It's a proud embankment, um, that club. And that's more of a show and dinner. Um, and then, yeah. And then all our all the education side of them of it, we've moved. Yeah. We were moving offline anyway last January into more webinar yeah. stuff. And that's all like we do between like two and five a week. But they're all online. Um, so, yeah. And how
0: much do you charge online?
1: Um, they range. From twenty pounds, fr- a lot of them are free. So we've got like a premium level of membership. That if you're a premium level, um, yeah, if you're a premium member, then you get all the all the webinars free. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: Um. But if not, then they range, yeah, they range from sort of ten quid up to sort of hundred quid, depending on what they are.
0: How have you seen the stigma change from when you first started? Say, if you were at a wedding, you sat around a table and you sat next to a random guy next to you and said, "What do you do for a living?" How would you explain it, and what sort of what sort of stigma was attached to it? When you first started, compared to what it is now,
1: um, do you know what the difference? The difference is massive, um, and the acceptance. And I mean, it's still a long way. It's, there's still a long way to go. There's still the massive judgment and stigma attached to it. But um, it was always funny because people always say, "What you know?" When you say, "What do you do for a living?" I always start by saying, "In I yeah events." it's kind yeah. of that just thing and then <laughs> unless they want to you know get, more you get gauge, yeah of the people because actually a lot of people just leave it there they're not interested you're yeah. like you're you know, you're some blonde female that you know writes an event so yeah. give a shit <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it that's what then they go back to talking about themselves so. yeah um yeah so you get the, or they go what kind of events and um and you know and then you go private parties I would like private and it's private members and and then the more you get into it the more um but nowadays like when i do nowadays actually it's sort of i'm not in events because we're considered a tech business um and most of our money uh, and most of the revenue comes from the online side of the business so it's sort of that when you what you do for a living now it's sort of it's more um to run yeah basically run a sort of female empowerment brand that because we've also got another business sister which is helping professional women out of mentoring, so I say that ranges from the bedroom to the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, Um nice. and that yeah from events to the online community. So it um yeah it's kind of expanded. Yeah. quite a lot good for you,
0: Emma. Awesome, I love this story. So when you first started, two thousand five, how many years was it until you uh, made your first had your first employee?
1: Probably six or seven yeah. full time employee. Yeah. Um, because there were because like the first five years was was really kind of a monthly event, yeah. and we just did really big, a really big one once a month. And then after sort of five years, it was actually we want to go out to Manchester, we want to go um, do other events. It, um, yeah, we didn't need it. I just had event staff that came in for that one event, um, and then yeah, and then sort of three people kind of came on board within within about two years. It then kind of three or four employees came on board. from like events director to to community because the online side was getting really busy. Um, You had to have a customer service and doing the emails and stuff. Um, And then also you've got the whole account side of stuff. And I was like, I'm out. I'm bored now of doing, you know, I can do, (laughs) I was a math geek. You know, I love my maths. I love excels, but it's not what I want to be doing. And when you're suddenly talking about VAT and corporation tax and stuff, I'm like, no, I'm out properly out there. Someone needs to come and do Yeah do this so that that was they were kind of the first three people on them how many are yeah, you today how many years? full-time
0: staff are you today
1: 11 oh, so lovely. there's 11 full-time and then we've got about 40 freelancers yeah. um of which about 20 of them are developers yeah um because we've gone helpful leather the last four years building new platform building apps all that so and yeah so to be honest most of that extra 40 people are all digital online yeah. From online marketing to the blog content creation, it's not the events team. Uh, we're real sort of streamlined. We've got two two full-time events people. The rest is all involved in the in the online digital
0: yeah. side of it. So if you're doing it, you've done 15 years. Break down the first five years, the next five years, and the next five years as a business model. First five years, it seems like you're throwing parties with a couple of members of staff and taking the door money. Uh, they taking the bar money, and people having great. Uh, event and you're building your brand, and then that next five years, how did it develop when social media got involved?
1: The next, yeah, so the next five years was 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 building the community, building yeah. the online presence, built build, basically building that brand awareness, and and moving from London. So London but was basically the proof of concept. Yeah. So London was that the first five years was like the the concept works. We got there's a great little community online community that was increasing so you get a lot of international people coming so then we realized then it was kind of right um the next few years is, is building the value I always knew the value in it was online yeah. was the online side of the business so it was constant building that day it was just building data data yeah. data of members 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 and providing them with that online Um, um, side with the community very much at its core. Everything we've ever done is for the members. It's all about the community and what they want. You know, we work for them. They, you know, that's, and we care. And that every decision we've made, everything we've launched has come from, you know, months of surveying all our community. Um, So, yeah, so that second five years was expanding out, in the UK to other cities and, and dipping our toe into New York to see what over there. Yeah. Um did you go to that party build... did
0: you go to that party in New York?
1: Yeah. So I go to New York um quite a lot actually because we kind of at the beginning of last year and look, we, we suddenly went monthly and we were doing exactly that. We were doing a massive push on that community side and the social events that aren't the for long killing kittens party size out there, February and March. Last year. What's the difference um, of fr-
0: putting on an event on in New York compared to London?
1: Um New York is ex- so expensive. Yeah. Um
0: as is London.
1: Yeah, but it's, way, it's more expensive more. than London. It's wow. way more expensive than London. So you've got that, but then also Americans love complaining. We, the way we do it, you know, we're old school and British, and it's more subtle, and yeah. you don't need sparklers in champagne bottles. Yeah. You know, they they actually, a lot of British people prefer Prosecco yeah. to champagne because yeah. they prefer the taste. They're not drinking champagne just because it's called champagne. Yeah. It's like, well, actually, I'd rather have good white wine. Yeah. I don't need a bottle of crystal champagne and a sparkler in it just to... Yeah. prove that I've got money yeah. um, whereas that kind of it was that level of expectation of it's you know if this is a top thing they, they expect a certain, certain level and it's a lot more bling yeah New York's harder work than London on pleasing people and having to yeah really go for it on what it looks like give
0: me a give um, me another country that you've been to to put a killing kittens party on
1: um venice i love venice so we did venice carnival last year as the carnival shut down actually on the sunday and we did our event on the saturday so that was a close shave yeah. um and that venice i love i yeah. just i just love its city it's Class, one of my favorite it? city yeah. um and just the whole from day one of me going to venice i've done a sports event race out there every year for like 15 years i've always gone this actually should kk should be here yeah. the mast and the mystery and yeah um so we launched there about four years ago and doing a halloween one and carnival one and that's that's amazing because it's just just the whole setting of venice goes with it so that yeah sydney we do a lot in Sydney.
0: So what do you say to your husband? I'm just popping out, just popping out to Sydney for four days. I'm putting a party on, then I'll be back in a week's time.
1: Do you know what I have not um? I don't go to Australian ones, although I, I went me and my hubby. We went as a family for like four weeks on holiday, through four years ago for Christmas. So I went to one, went to one then, and I, and I, you know I don't go to all of them. I've got three kids under six, and yeah. um, if I'm out and about in town anywhere, and there happens to be a KK event, on I'll I'll. I'll, I'll stopping with friends and um I mean mainly because I'm getting old and I want a seat when I drink yeah. I don't want to be standing in, a, in a busy bar on a Saturday night or in a queue or so I know like if you go to a KK party, I'm going to be able to sit on a sofa with a couple of bottles yeah. <laughs> yeah. with friends and and I like the members you know we have amazing members and I've made really good friends from yeah. members that I've met at at the parties and um and that's the thing so if I'm out and about in town um I will plus I like going to the European ones because it's just it's a weekend away. Yeah, it's a good excuse <laughs> so, um, to get away
0: for the weekend, isn't it? Yeah,
1: they're a good little road trip and with, with some of the team. And then again, you meet because it's a whole weekend, you meet up with members the night before and you have dinner or you meet them in a the pub for lunch, yeah. and you kind of really get to know people yep. over a weekend. Um, yeah.
0: And how's the stigma changed about women and sex for you?
1: Um, do you know what it had? it had it has. So we've got to take the win on <laughs> that yeah. it has, um, it, it's changed a lot. I think the whole, um, just that the sexuality and the spectrum and that it's not as black and white, even like 15 years ago, it was very black and white. You were either straight or you were gay or, you know, there was a bit in the middle of maybe being bi-curious. There wasn't, you know, it, like now it's sort of sexuality is such a constantly evolving spectrum. I don't think anyone is, is ever on one specific, point for their entire lives i think there's a you know it's quite a fluid um and i think the more that sort of opened up the more women are kind of able to you're able to be bi you're able to um just be gender fluid just be you know one day you, you fancy a guy and the next day you fancy a woman it's just yeah. sort of that that's a lot more acceptable um and actually women having a voice with their, you know, sexuality and yeah. saying, well, actually, we can talk about orgasms and our, what we want in the bedroom, that, that's that got a lot better. And I think post me too, as well, that kind of actually we're allowed a voice, um, you know, we're allowed a voice in life and voice in work. And I think that then spills over to, well, if we can have, a, you know, equal in the boardroom and jobs, then we can be equal in the bedroom and say what we want. And um so there's definitely it's definitely got a hell of a lot better there's a long way to go yeah. but it has you know in 15 years it's it's jumped big time yeah if i look back at how it was 15 years ago yeah. um and people would come and you know it'd be they would never tell their friends they came to kk party and you wouldn't get loads of single girls coming and if you did there was like sort of the one would come on their own and again it'd be something they never told their friends now you know if we have a party of 250 people, we'll have 80 or 90 of them will be single girls, yeah. And some of them will come together in little groups and they're dancing around in their underwear, and um, and they will tell their friends openly they went to a KK party yeah. or they slept with a girl, or so that part, yeah, I've seen it has been a massive shift,
0: yeah. Other people, um, other girls who go there and not looking for sex, but actually just go in there and have a proper laugh with other girls, yeah, right? loads of, yeah, loads
1: of people. We um, there was a big group of girls at one last year chatting to them, and they um. They'd heard a radio interview or they did a radio interview. And I was just saying that, you know, on it, that you're not expected to come and have sex and you can just dance around in your underwear and you just feel liberated. And, and one of them heard it and said, let's just go. And they were literally, five of them just sat in lingerie having a laugh and loving the fact that they could dance around and chat and have drinks without being jumped on or,
0: yeah. yeah. So is it, is it still now that people don't know where the venue is until 24 hours before? Yeah. I love that. That's like the old yeah, school. So that's get- like the old school raves in the late '80s. Yeah, you know, exactly. people are driving around the M25, waiting for a phone call to say, "Right, the party's in the field, fifteen thousand of us." Do you know? What? I grew
1: up. <laughs> so I lived in Kuwait for like four years. Over when I was at university, and obviously you can't drink then. It's probably partly where some of the ideas came from. And I remember the parties would be on a Friday night in sort of shacks, villas, or these kind of desert <laughs> camps. There, were, and you never, you'd never know who, who was having it or where. You would just get a message on a Friday afternoon as in to who. Yeah. where to head out to and then they, <laughs> then you're going to these parties of 200 people of every nationality and a legal full of you know proper bar all laid out yeah. and dancers and stuff and yeah
0: is there any any is there any laws about these parties at all british laws saying no, you can't do this is it just or is it free-for-all go for no, it
1: no um no the thing is it's it, the sex the sex laws all changed and it basically the rules are it's always as it's a private member it's a private venue with private members
0: yeah
1: and you're only there the only ones it's a private party for the for private members and you're not letting in anyone on the street then we can take over we could take over a pub if we took the whole pub open over and it's just for our members then that's totally legal if you're in a pub and you do it and you're letting in people off the street then it's no longer a private event so it's got to be a private event plus you can't you know there are some venues we can't use like you know strip clubs have different licenses and burlesque you know, when we use Proud, um, in Bankman or Proud City, those venues, they're cabaret venues, and they've got, they have a burlesque license. The stage has a different license to the rest of the club. So on the stage is a burlesque license, so they can get top topless and do their burlesque acts. Yeah. So we can't, you can't have sex in a burlesque license. Yeah. So oh, okay. we always joke that you can have sex off the stage, but don't get on the stage and do anything. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, there's kind of weird, there's sort of weird and wonderful rules like that but we can yeah and we and we get licenses we get every time we do a private event no matter the, what the venue Um, we you know we get a tens license from yeah. the council you know temporary events license and it's all signed off and, and that's it and, I love your yeah. passion
0: Emma about your business I think it's fantastic <laughs> 15 years growing this business to see where it is today massive hats off to you thanks massive respect yeah. if you're enjoying this episode you can subscribe to The Eventful Entrepreneur now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's, how did your mum and dad feel when you told them <laughs> that you were going to be throwing sex parties?
1: Um, Mum laughed because she loves the fact that I rile my father and have done since <laughs> I was little. Um, dad smashed the computer, apparently. I wasn't in the room at the time. Um, but no, the thing is, mum got it, yep. um, completely got it, and she... She's not with dad, and he's you know a very narcissistic, controlling ass basically. Yeah. Um, And I think in there, we, me and mum, are very close. I think in her is a lot of good for you, yeah. you know, and actually what she couldn't do, a lot of what she couldn't do, and I always say that to her. It's like, um, you know, a lot of what fires me up is that, you know, I look at what stuff mum could have done. Yeah. And amazing stuff she did do, but was always put down for doing it. Yeah. Um, and so she was, you know, she was more, mum's always been worried, and she'll say it, that she worries more what people think of me, yeah. but I couldn't give a shit. She always goes to me, you're much harder than I am. And I'm like, I've, I've got used to it. Yeah. Like I don't care. Well, I can't make everyone change their minds. I can't, you know, defend myself to everyone. I've got a great group of family and friends. And they're the only people I care about, what they think. Yeah. So Good for I'm not really you. worried about anyone else. Um, so she just, her, yeah, she worried about that. And dad, he's come around to it, but now he, he's a classic old school, you know, misogynist really, who sees sex as sex and then any, anyone doing anything to do with sex is sort of seedy. And he'll say it now in a bit of a cool way and he'll, you know, say it to his mates and you're like, oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just sort of yeah, no, and he's, he's this yeah. dirty old man in his seventies. I don't even have the conversations with him yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. never gonna get it. You will never get it. Yeah. The intricacies of female sexuality yeah. and why I do what I do. Because he just sees sex as sex. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, yeah,
0: yeah. And you yeah. did you go to school at Cape Middleton or university?
1: Um, school, but I'm like five years older than her. So the oh, whole really? the whole Daily Mail thing of us being friends at school. No, I knew her from some sports stuff. Um, but we were we were yeah, she she was at my school, I think, for a couple of times and then she left. But I was I was in the sixth form when she did it. I've really? like, got no recollection of someone coming in into the bottom of the year for two terms. Is and that going just out. press
0: just throwing stuff out there, is it?
1: Yeah, that we were old school friends. Yeah. Um, no matter how many times I say to journalists we weren't. Yeah. They will still write it. <laughs>
0: so you, so you're on you're on eleven full time staff, which is a perfect number by the way, because that's a real good lifestyle business. I'm the same here. And um, have you got plans that you want to become an empire, or are you happy with where you're where you are today? But just tweaking and no, improving. We're
1: empowering. I'm empowering. Are you? Um, I have. Um, yeah. No. We. Because the thing is, I, what I when you're angry about something, and you still, I still see it. My that my purpose and mission in life is to change the world when it comes to sex and especially female sex. And it's sort of you. Then that's it. You kind of and now with technology and all our new platforms, if you did financial raise. Done two financial raises um, a couple of years ago, and we're about to go into a Series A raise. Um, wow, you're really this, going for it at the end of this month. And um, and it, as I said, it's it's the tech, so the whole yeah. online side, and then what we encounter online as well, like the the double standards and the censoring from social media networks as well and they've got worse in the last year so that makes me even more angry um so it kind of it's yeah I've still got a lot of people to prove wrong and I've still got a lot of buildings to blow up to kind wow. of go no that if yeah the more kind of I go this isn't right um and I want to change it um the more it's like actually I'm not gonna settle for just and I get it you know what I mean some people are different I just it's it's a weird one because it's not it's not just an events company, it's actually what we're trying to change in, is, a, is, is a massive shift in the global perception of females and sex yeah. and mainstreaming the conversations around sex so that it just becomes normal um, and it's not some dirty thing. So when you're trying to change the world, yeah. <laughs> um, how it, the status quo now, it's sort of that's, that's why I do what I do. Um I don't really look at it as a business yeah. if that
0: makes sense. Yeah, no, I can see it. I can see it. fantastic. So what about so you say it's a tech business, is that all about how many people can be members and pay your subscription fee?
1: Yeah, so we've got 180,000 members online. What all um, all paying? No. no. So we only kind of with the new That's the goal. all the new
0: Huh? that's the goal, isn't it? Yeah, so
1: yeah, that's that's <laughs> the dream. Um and but we've kind of so we had it kind of ticking over and then we have worked on a subscription basis and then we launched um we spent four years building this new all singing, all dancing. Imagine like Facebook meets bumble, yeah, meets Eventbrite, yep. meets a WhatsApp chat app yep. is what we launched last year. Yep. Um and it's so called cool, what's all, that called? Um, it's, it's basically, it's a killing kittens website. So if you go on it and become a member, you've then got access to all the education side of it, all the eventing event ticketing kind of side of it, big sort of blog side of it. Then you can use use it like a dating site. So you search and browse and you can chat and then the app, the chat app you can download, um, is like an advanced WhatsApp. So you can create your own groups. Wow.
0: Powerful. Um, so so that's,
1: that's sort of the side we're growing. And as I said earlier, the premium subscription so we've now added, you get all the free education part to it. So that's massively increased our membership of who's paying. Um So it's just, that's the thing. It's finding the sweet spot and, and tweaking different fees of, and who buys monthly, who buys quarterly, who buys six month or a year subscription and the price points of people. So we've just sort of spent, we've got an amazing tech team and an amazing he's like He's like my partner, the yings, my yang. What's his Ah-ham name? And
0: Let's give him Padding. a big up. What's his name?
1: Yeah, he's called Hadley and he, um, yeah, we're literally, we hate each other and love each other. It's just totally different creatures, Um, but we work amazingly well together um, and he's proper Rayman detail. And I mean, the way his brain works when it comes to tech um, side of things. Um, So that's what we're doing. Yeah. At the moment. And then the plan with the next raise is we need to go massive on like growth marketing and digital marketing. And also, the states, the UK is tiny, yeah. in the grand scheme of dating. I mean, look what Bumble just did. Yeah. Um
0: Tell me, what did Bumble do? A, what did Bumble do?
1: They um IPO'd, you know, with the first female, the youngest female CEO, yeah, youngest CEO, she um, 29. Um, so they IPO in the States, um and the New York Stock Exchange. So
0: wow. for
1: billions. Wow. Um, and is that what is um, that where you
0: is that where you think your angle is for your business we, model?
1: We, I mean, we've always seen our exit and in that we are, we're basically a niche in that whole big, there is the big dating world out there. Um, but actually, but what we've got in our site, we've got the Bumble, we've got what yeah. they do. We've got the swipe kind of, yeah. the search, the browse, the chat, the kind of like you, the matching. It's all there, but it's a tiny part of the rest of the big world. And we bought, we've we've um, built a big ad platform as well. So all the brands that we call them adult safe for work. So all the adult safe for work brands who lingerie, sex toys, those kind of brands who can't advertise or boost on social media because they're not allowed, are we're putting them, they're having their own pages on our platform and then they can boost across okay. our social network. Yeah. So we've got over 150 brands signed up to that and we're launching that next month. Um, and that works in the same way as Facebook pages. So you have your page and you boost it over yeah. and you can... You can, yeah, all that. And the sex educators and, edu- you know, influencer side have their pages and they can boost and they can make their own money as well. So they can do their own event, own events on that because you've got all the ticketing set yeah. up. So they can make their own money like that. And the referrals, they get skimmed off memberships, anyone that signs up through them. So it's kind of this big, Brilliant. as I said, this, you know, adult social network. Um, so you've got your LinkedIn for business, your Facebook, more family, your Instagram. For like the fluffy pictures. Yep. And then, you know, we see sort of KK is kind of your adult life. your yep. Your um and you've got the home feed the same way Facebook works. Um so that's getting busier and busier. Um how much you are you know, looking to
0: raise in the second one?
1: Um, $3, million.
0: three okay. We're
1: going on, yeah. So three, yeah, we're looking for three million. And we're getting the big the big thing is is the state. So as yeah. I said, we're in the What's UK that? Three hundred and
0: thirty million people, sixty six million people here, three thirty in America
1: yeah and there that's when you look at the when you look at all the stats in the dating industry um social network kind of industry the i can't remember what it is but the uk is such a tiny tiny it's that's not even 10 percent it's like four or five percent of of where the where the the worth of these businesses you know are and we kind of go well, if we hit, hit hit the states and so that's kind of why we're raising to really go big in the states, and we've got a lot of members in the states. Yeah, massive members in the states, and you know, New York is getting really busy. We've done something in LA. Um, We've probably got over twenty thousand members that are in the states. So you, they just kind of we don't we don't spend a penny in the states. Yeah. Right? So if we really concentrated um, and focused over there, then that's yeah. what's
0: more important to you: changing the world or someone buying the company off you for a fortune in five years' time
1: changing the world to be honest i think because even though that you know there is a business aspect brain in my head and it would be not you know there is an exit plan and i know i'm fairly sure that if, whoever buys the company would buy me as yeah. well if that makes sense yeah. and enough people have said that it's kind of i'm very intertwined in this business and part of what makes killing kittens killing kittens is Is my voice attached to it? Well,
0: you're the key Um, person of influence behind it.
1: So yeah, and and because of the nature of what it is, it kind of you can't that needs to be, you can't basically get a private equity lot or buying you know buying it and then them not having a voice. Yeah. And then suddenly a guy, you know, a middle-aged white guy, Dicky yeah. boy <laughs> being the MD, they, they couldn't be the voice. Yeah, of course. Of it. Of course. It doesn't, so it seems um, to me
0: that whatever someone buy whatever someone buys you out in five years, you're still gonna be living and breathing this till for another yeah, 40, 50 years. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. Years. I kind of and you know an amazing place to be would be exiting and it being bought, but with me on board as a in some capacity, but able to do what I do. Um, and go out and be more vocal and do that kind of side of it without worrying about the business side of it. Yeah. Because it it would then free me up to kind of do more of that side of it. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Em, I I'm absolutely loved this episode. I think you're an absolute superstar. I've watched you grow over the years. Uh, Your passion shines through and you've got a massive, massive future ahead. I really hope you get that funding. And it's been a pleasure having you. You will definitely. you. You're like, a, you're like a dog with a slipper. I'm sure no one's going to get in your way.
1: <laughs> I know, honestly. I exhaust
0: myself. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm, Emma, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's stay in touch. You're a superstar and um, good luck to you and all you, all, all you and your team. Thank you. Nice Thank one, Emma. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Eventful Entrepreneur. Join the conversation today. Review and subscribe for free on iTunes now.